So let's talk health care policy, because this matters to every American. And in the theme of choice, something we began the show with, and a theme that will continue across uh, various topics today, your choice, our choices. Uh, Brian Blaze, head of Blaze Policy Strategies, former special assistant to President Trump at the National Economic Council from 2017 to 2019, joins me now. Uh, The Biden administration, uh, Brian, put out the claim and an executive order that they will expand, that they will promote competition throughout the economy and This has an effect on the administration's or is also tied to their health-related proposals. Uh, The same president who is vice president supported the Affordable Care Act, uh, its official name, which turned out to be not so affordable for many Americans. Where are we really? Hey, David, it's great to be with you. So, you know, the Trump administration really prioritized expanding consumer choice and competition between providers and insurers in the healthcare markets. And the Biden administration has, you know, obviously taken a different approach in some areas um, and sort of looking to build on Obamacare and expand uh, expensive government subsidies for Obamacare, clearly a step in the wrong direction. But there were some policies uh, that President Biden outlined in a recent executive order um, that do move the ball in the right direction. So uh, one in particular, uh, he directed the federal government to issue rules that allow people to buy hearing aids over the counter. You know, that's sort of a common sense uh, uh, policy. A lot of people that have hearing loss, they don't need to go to a specialist to get that diagnosed. Uh, it raises the cost. Uh, for them and reduces the number of Americans that get that assistance. Um, so that's a policy move in the right direction. Uh, the Biden administration also um, indicated that it's in full support of Trump administration policies on health care price transparency. So the Trump administration put in place rules that require hospitals and insurance companies to post price information so consumers know what prices are for healthcare services before they receive care. There was some question whether the Biden administration would backtrack on those rules, and it looks like um, they're moving uh, ahead in support of those rules. And, you know, there's a lot of promise if we can get price information in advance that that will spur competitive forces in the healthcare market. Okay, so now let's talk actual right in order you can write an executive order you can put rules out there but they have to work over the counter uh hearing aid a lot easier to do there is also an incentive there from a market perspective for those who manufacture in that there will likely be more sales right more open to a larger market on the hospital pricing this has been one of the challenges the hospital systems themselves have been reticent to do this at times, resistant at others, and that's because there's a host of uh, financial benefit, in a sense, to how both hospital systems and insurance companies bill and charge for procedures and even the level of uh, charges assigned and the repayment rates uh, as a percentage of the procedures. So there's a whole lot more to that. 
How do we actually get hospital pricing transparency to work? You know, it's a great question, and um, it is a sign of the dysfunction in the healthcare market that we don't know what prices are because, you know, prices are really what is most essential to effectively coordinate economic activity. Um, in most markets, you don't need government action to compel prices, right? Uh, producers uh, freely display their prices because they're competing for consumers' business. Now, one of the problems with healthcare markets is we've got third-party payers. So most people aren't paying directly for healthcare services. So you've got employers um, that, that are that are paying. I mean, people are paying indirectly, obviously, because um, they are having lower wages because of what their employer provided coverage costs. Um, and you've got government um, programs that are paying a lot of the bills. So the idea here is. Um, we need government action, um, and the Biden administration is proposing to increase penalties on hospitals that don't provide this price information. You know, it's, it's going to take time. Hospitals, this rule on hospitals went into effect in January. Um, most hospitals aren't complying with the rule. Um, and even those that are complying are making it difficult to get price information or difficult to interpret price information. Um, so it's going to take time, I think, for the price information um, uh, to be fully displayed. A separate rule is coming on insurance companies starting next year where they need to provide price information. But the hope is that with this price information, um, consumers are going to, uh, for, for shoppable services, and it has deductibles have increased, um, uh, a lot of people have an incentive to know what prices are now. And then it's going to help employers as they think about redesigning benefits um, and trying to structure benefits in a way that incentivize uh, high-quality, low-priced providers. The how always matters, Brian, as you and I know, and we'll continue down that path. But you know, going back to a time when you were there, the the executive order at the point in uh, at this point in October of 2017, executive order 13813 uh, by President Trump, uh, choice competition, healthcare markets need to make adjustments. Competition, that very word, we've seen concierge care, association care structures grow in those years. Is that in any way a large enough percentage uh, because of typically more transparency in alternatives, systems, to help push hospitals to produce in order to compete their pricing and their pricing structures? Well, you know, competition is the great protection for consumers. It gives them the options and they can vote with their uh, pocketbooks um, to go to providers that give them uh, better value. And it is difficult in healthcare markets. I mean, one of the problems, um, and we've seen this exacerbated by Obamacare, is that markets are very consolidated. So in many localities, you have big hospital systems. Um, and a lot of the doctors' practices have sold out to these hospital systems. Um, and government policy, unfortunately, has incentivized this by paying more for services delivered in 
facilities that are affiliated with hospitals than an independent doctor's offices. And the Trump administration really tried to uh, get at a lot of those perverse incentives to equalize payments, um, to expand options for consumers. Um, but it is it is a it is a big challenge um, when you've got these um, consolidated uh, hospital systems. Now, for a lot of services, people can go outside of local uh, markets to get them. And you've seen creative benefit designs where people might travel to, you know, a free sort of a, a, a low priced um, uh, facility that may offer like knee and hip replacements. And by by consumers being willing to travel outside of local markets, that does put some pressure on uh, local hospital systems to be more price competitive. You know, one of the things, and I had these discussions at the time with Secretary Azar on a number of occasions on and off air, was the regulatory impact that are there. And you've got overlapping regulations uh, at the state level. How much of a factor is it still? And how... You know, in order to have competition, you have to have, in some ways, regulatory relief. They can contradict. They can cause confusion. They can outright be uh, not effective within the system. So what about regulatory uh, reform in some way? You know, many Americans, and frankly myself, are concerned about government mandating because government mandate can change, whereas if you clean up regulations, at least it's a better path in many cases. Uh, So let me answer that with respect to two sets of actors. So one with consumers. We want consumers to have options for less regulated health care, both health insurance um, and just direct provision of health care. So um, we think that consumers are best positioned to know what they need um, and what their preferences are, and that sort of one-size-fits-all mandates don't work. With respect to providers, one of the problems, and this is sort of the problem with big uh, business and big government, is that big businesses can better handle the cost of regulation. So what you see is um, this sort of disproportionate cost falling on small businesses, in this case, you know, uh, independent um, uh, physician offices. And because of the uh, burdens of complying with a lot of these uh, mandates, um, they end up selling out to large hospital systems, which reduces competition in, in, uh, in markets across the country. So we need regulatory relief, both for consumers and for providers, uh, in order to have a more competitive uh, healthcare market. What are logical next steps? Now, I'm asking a lot here, Brian, because we're talking about a political component. And, of course, you know, business uh, interests may not be uh, aligned aligned at times with the consumer interests. After all, business at times, and I'm a fan of business, but they maintain business. So logical, straightforward. I mean, next steps for um, it, it really depends on which set of actors you're looking at. You know, states um, uh, can pursue policies to expand competition. They could expand the ability of healthcare professionals to practice to the top of their ability. Um, they can get rid of anti-competitive uh, laws um, that really advantage incumbent providers at the expense of uh, innovative disruptors. 
um, you know, employers uh, and consumers can um, can be better healthcare shoppers. I mean, there's a lot of information out there um, for and, and increasing amounts of information with price transparency. So they have some ability to sort of be empowered consumers. Um, I'm not overly optimistic about where uh, where policy is going in Washington. I think Congress is looking to um, uh, expand a lot of bad health care policy in ways that will increase inefficiencies. So I think it, you know, it's for people to get engaged and to push back against a lot of the bad policies, like expanding, you know, throwing good money after bad, expanding Obamacare subsidies, even though we know um, that they're really inefficient, um, and fighting to protect some of the uh, uh, wins of the Trump administration, like opening up um, different coverage options for individuals. So not to be a little glib, but being a little glib, could we get all the state health commissioners together? Are they working with each other? Is there any cooperation even between several of them to address these issues? Yeah, I mean, you've seen. So uh, one of the uh, uh, benefits of sort of government response to the pandemic has been to loosen um, government restrictions on providers and to you know enable them to um, uh, practice to the top of their ability uh, to enhance telehealth. So for a lot of, you know, services, people don't need to leave their home in order to uh, talk to a doctor and, and get care that way. Um, and, you know, we see policy moving uh, in the right direction in a lot of state capitals. Well, we will uh, keep a close eye on this. This matters to everyone listening. At some point, you know, we all need some access to the system. Hopefully not for anything owner, you know, really bad, but that's just the nature of life. Brian, thank you. It's educational. Uh, the policies, the business, the regulate, all of this needs to work, at least work better. I can't say I believe there will be perfect, but work better for the consumer. Thanks for having me on. Brian Blaze, head of Blaze Policy Strategies, former special assistant to President Trump at the National Economic Council from 2017 to 2019. Beyond repeal and replace, what can we do uh, for you? What can they do on your behalf? Quick break, 866-95-PATRIOT. I'll be right back. 